Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Rachel Downey, and I'm a motorsport presenter, broadcaster, and content creator. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. Once again, we come to you, if you're listening in real time, we come to you after another week's break, a non-intentional week's break, but hey, sometimes these things happen. I don't think we ever promised we're going to bring you weekly content, so you know, can't get angry about it, but hey, no, we did have a quick break. But we're back. Hooray. And we are back with a episode that I've been looking forward to bringing you now for approximately five weeks because we have a new member of our team. If you follow us on social media, especially on Instagram, you will have seen this announcement already. Uh, But about five weeks ago, we had a big change to our radio show outputs, which was that we went from talk radio to talk sport, a bit of an upgrade. And we also welcomed a new member to our team that goes by the name of Rachel Downey. And you've just heard her voice because she said hello to you. And finally, for the first time in that five weeks, despite the fact that we've been working together for basically two months now, we're able to say hi, Rachel, and welcome to the Driven Chat podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hello. This is so weird, kind of being like not, I'm not, I find it weird not being in control, but. I'm not in control right now. It's all down to you, John, for the moment, which is very strange. That is quite scary, actually, when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast, this this one episode, is to kind of just introduce you to our dear listener. Um, I always use it singular. don't know why. We do have more than one. <laughs> 
um, we have many, many, many hundreds of thousands. But our dear listener uh, would like to meet you as well. Because I know that some people listen to just the podcast. Some people listen to just the radio show. Some people listen to the podcast and the radio show. Others consume everything we do, like uh, on our YouTube channel and, and everything else in between. Um, but yes, you, Rachel, are primarily you've joined us for the radio show. But it's also quite likely, almost certainly, that you're also going to be jumping in for a few podcasts as well. So thought we might as well, you know introduce you to our dear listener so you can uh, they can become familiar with your voice and maybe learn a bit more about you as well is that right yes it's 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 fine it's great lucky i was gonna say lucky listener but i'm not quite <laughs> so sure how lucky right now <laughs> i'm sure that, I'm, I'm sure they're they're going yes she sounds great <laughs> cool. um, and just kind of to keep any uh, to uh, put out the parish notes as I sometimes like to say um, and just in case anyone's listening going, hey hey does this mean that everything's changed well nothing's changed really uh, Rachel is an addition to the team we still have Andy we still have myself we still have Amy Shaw and now we have Rachel as well so we are an ever-growing team we're ever-expanding and doing lots of exciting things. So, uh, yeah, in the future, you might hear podcasts, as you have done in the past few weeks, from just me. Uh, you might hear me and Rachel. You might hear just Rachel. You might hear Andy. You might hear all of us together at some point, which I'd absolutely love. But because we all also do a million other things, um, the chances of that happening is, is quite unlikely. But, hey, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, but Rachel Downey. This is where I'm going to go all, like, uh, talk show interview host. <laughs> Rachel Downey. Um, who are you? And um, how have you ended up here? It's a very good question. I've been asking myself that for a while. Um, I am, I'd say I'm a motorsport presenter, purely because motorsport is my first love, but I ended up in this industry, I should say. I used to be a professional dancer, so I was with the Royal Ballet from the age of 11. I didn't know. Right, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to say in this recording that I didn't know. I know, you're like genuinely like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is fun for all of us. We're all learning. So <laughs> Every day's were... school day. Um, yes. Yeah, so I was with the Royal Ballet from the age of eleven. So dancing was my was my thing, my passion, my 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 big big love. Um, and then when I was fifteen, I got a scholarship at one of the top dance schools in London. So I always say I run away to London, but. My family live in Hertfordshire, so it's not really that much of a runaway. But my brother lived in South London at the time, and we couldn't afford for me to go to dance school. So I got a scholarship, and it was like six months, probably before my GCSEs. And I was like, I'm just going to go. I just want to go like this. Mm. It's, you know, I yeah. So I went, basically, and I went to full-time dance school in London from the age of 15, living with my brother. Um, and then uh, when I left and I was so there's many different things so ballet was my first love during the dancing mm. time but obviously when you get to about 15, 16 I it was too hard to kind of keep myself because I had an eating disorder throughout this time as well so it was okay. too hard to keep myself kind of like looking like a ballerina and they were very mm. strict and you know I remember being 12 and then clamping my body weight and and it just kind of I think like a lot of things when you when your hobby becomes your job sometimes you lose the love of it yeah, um yeah so yes yeah, so I went to full-time dance school uh tap was one of my things I remember my first tap class I blagged I mean I've been blagging everything <laughs> ever since but I blagged my first tap class it was like an advanced professional class and mm. I just picked it up straight away um so I'm at 14 I was the youngest ever like female tap dancer and we did this thing with like Bobby Williams and it was like tap I hear music very very differently so tap was very suited to me anyway went to full-time dance school at 15 and became a backing dancer so I 
ended up doing so uh, Smash It's Poll Winners Party, uh, Top of the Pops. I'm going to show my age here when I say things like CD UK <laughs> with Anton Deck. What's a CD? <laughs> yes, what's a cassette? <laughs> um, so that I, I did that for quite a few years and it was my absolute, it was just an amazing time, kind of London in the early 2000s as a professional dancer. It was mm. a, many a story for another day. But yeah, it was, it was brilliant. But... I got into presenting because my contract was with Top of the Pops. So when you do things like that, you're not necessarily contracted with the band. You're contracted with the, the actual channel itself. Okay. So you were dancing with multiple different acts. Yeah. So one week it might be Oasis and the next week it might be... Imagine me dancing for Oasis. <laughs> like, what kind I mean, of I, 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 mean, I am me. imagining you dance for <laughs> yes. Oasis. Yeah, that bad example. Quite cool. Um, yeah, things like Liberty X and Daphne oh, yeah. and Celeste. And, <gasps> wow. Yeah, like proper old school. So... Yes, I did that. So basically, went up with the pops, and probably around the same time, kind of CD UK came off air. I knew a lot of my work was going to be cut in half. Mm. At the same time, one of my good friends was working. It was one of the first interactive game shows. You used to have them on like Channel Five, ITV Two, like the Mint. Oh right. Um, and I basically blagged my way into the audition. Said I'd done loads of presenting. Um, and their presenter that was due in wasn't there, so I had to go on air and do, like, a three-hour shift as my audition and just blag it, and I did it. So And that was, like, I kind of feel like I learned so much by doing live TV that way. I've heard that a lot of people say that, that yeah. once you've done live, you can kind of do anything. Yeah. I've, I've never done it, so it's quite fascinating to hear that. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got no margin for error, have you? Oh, God, no, and and error happens. Yeah. So much happens. Um. All kinds of things, like technical faults, and you just have to ad-lib for four hours. Mm. Um, things, like, yeah, things going wrong, people swearing on air. And, like, this, <laughs> like, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and you learn to kind of think on your feet. And I, I would say that's where I learned my craft and kind of worked out what my personality would be like and mm. kind of... Because in a way, you are still performing. You're not yourself, which is why being interviewed is always a bit weird. Yeah. it's like, oh, my God, it's got to be me. Um, so yeah, so did that for quite a few years. God, this could be quite a long story. You don't probably need any other questions. We'll, we'll let it sit down. <laughs> we'll no, we won't. Go to sleep, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, when I was doing that, I realised I love presenting. Mm. Um, then once thought, I want longevity in this industry. How do I do that? I need to be an expert in something. And that's when I thought sport is, especially as a female. Mm. Um, and I grew up always watching the Grand Prix of my dad, always going down to Silverstone, um, always, um, we, we supported Luton Town Football Club, so my first football match was between Luton Town and Crystal Palace, we'd have to go, we went to Kenilworth Road, which is Luton Town, to watch the first game, I was expecting, literally sitting in a Crystal Palace, so anyone that's been <laughs> to the Luton Town Football Club, will know that's slightly different, so I know sport, and I made a point of, like, I, not downloading the apps because we are talking probably quite a few years ago but mm. reading the back of the papers every single day just learning as much as I could nice. and teaching myself as much as I could um so I've got a job I'll make this very quick now I've got a job on the PKR channel poker mm -hmm. um and I then missed I did some football things but I, I thought you know what I don't know how I'm going to get into motorsport I didn't go to uni I'm not a commentator I don't know what I can bring to the table like, I'm just a presenter. I don't know what I could do. I don't know yeah. how I'd fit into the motorsport kind of world. So when I'd go up to Silverstone or Brands Hatch, you'd see, like, a crew there. 
And I think this is like youth makes you a little bit, you know, confident. And I just went up to one of the um, cameramen and just said, you know, I'd love to do some stuff for you. I can do it free in front of the camera if you need me to do any presenting. Nice. I think now I'd probably be a bit apologetic and like, I'm so sorry. Do you mind? <laughs> I'll pay age, you. <laughs> what sort of age would you have been then? Oh, my God. Um... 23 24 okay yeah that's a good that's a good confidence age yeah it? it is yeah, yeah you are very fearless um <laughs> and yeah so i just started doing that and then got a job on uh brick car nice um and the fun cup championship yeah yeah um but with brick car that's when i fell in love with endurance racing mm. and i did my first 24-hour race with them and i just i love it i love endurance racing and i love night racing nothing mm. for me more beautiful than that um and then i managed my, to get a job about seven years ago at Le Mans for Nissan it was Nismo um, at the time and it was the most there was about eight presenters and it was the most incredible we were there for a week um, they built a big studio um, right in the middle of the circuit it was it was the best it was incredible and then I was like oh my god I love Le Mans and <laughs> I'm not there this year and I didn't go there last year but I had been then every year since and I'll definitely make sure I go next year for their 90th um, anniversary but yeah so from that point onwards, I was like, this is definitely what I want to do. I've had, you know, I've done a lot with like FA TV for football eyes, um, quite a bit with William Hill. But yeah, motorsport always keeps bringing me back. I do have a love-hate relationship with it sometimes. Um, <laughs> but then I guess that's the industry. As in, sometimes you get, I get frustrated that, you know, the content going out there can be a little bit samey, samey. There's not yeah. enough, you know, I don't know, as a female in it, especially like how, and things are changing the last few years. Things are positively yeah. changing. So yeah, that's how I've ended up here. I, I'm so aware I could chat about this all day <laughs> long. Sorry. Can you remember the, the, the moment that, was it at Le Mans the, when that little light bulb turned on and kind of made you think, oh, actually, this is really cool. Like, yeah. this is really special. Yeah. From the moment, you know, like, with Le Mans, there's a, it's a different noise anyway, the way the mm. circuit's built and everything. It's a completely different noise. It's it just has... It's, it sounds so naff, but it just has a feeling about it. Yeah, Soon no, it I does, completely. There, it's an atmosphere, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and I miss it. Like, I, I, I miss the fact that I'm not there, and I've got a lot of friends now that are drivers, and, like, mm. so many people there now, and I'm like, ah! But, yeah, and some beautiful moments... Like, <laughs> beautiful moment... But um, when, when, when it's like happy hours, so obviously very like you can see the sun beginning to rise mm. just before that. I love getting like a burger, sitting by the side of the track completely by myself mm. and just watching the racing. And that is like, wow, like it just is beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, Le Mans, every time I'm at Le Mans, it always brings that love back for me. If I'm missing it for motorsport, mm. it always brings it back. Yeah, Le Mans, and uh, the other one for me is the Nurburgring 24-hour, which I don't know, don't know if you've had a chance to Do experience you know that. Never. So that, again, it's, I would challenge anybody that isn't a car person, somebody that says, oh, I'm not that fussed about cars, to go and stand trackside at an event like Le Mans 24-hour or the Nurburgring 24-hour, or even just like a brick car endurance race or a WEC race, yeah. and just take in the sights, the smells, and the sounds, crucially, of cars racing through the night and it, I, I would be baffled if anyone didn't walk away from that going okay this is really special uh, and yes. it's so hard it's so hard to kind of describe it to people because I've got loads of friends that aren't car people at mm -hmm. all and the idea the Nürburgring 24 hour is a perfect example I've done that a good few times now and you go with some mates and it's just 
hilariously brilliant because you spend an entire 24-hour period walking around, sleeping a little bit, waking up a bit, yeah. watching racing at night. And, of course, the Nürburgring, as it cuts through hillsides and mountainsides and woodland, it's just, it's like nothing else. And trying to justify that kind of trip to your non-car friends, it is the strangest thing because you're like, yeah, the, yes, it's, it is just racing. Yes, it is at night time. No, you can't see as much. Yes, it does get cold. If it rains, you do get wet. But trying to describe the, that feeling you get as the cars are ripping past, knowing that they've already been racing for like 15 hours, mm. and these cars, you know, the brake discs are glowing, and the you can smell everything from the brakes to the clutch to the tyres, and it's just, it is electric isn't it there's like this electric atmosphere that is like nothing else in the world that's 100 percent it and i always say that to my friends who might watch but i think like that's with probably a lot of things if you watch sports live sport is meant to be watched live sport yeah, yeah. you know and you can't but with motorsport if you just watch it on tv it's like i don't, I don't get it i don't no. but as soon as you go to a race and it's that it's that smell it's the sights it's all the sensations mm. and Yes, and especially with a twenty-four hour race where you do sleep for a little bit. It's not. It's not about you. You get through it. Mm. It's and when if you do manage to just doze off, you hear the noise of the cars in the background. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. There's just there's nothing about that process that I I don't enjoy. And also, if you are working working for a twenty-four hour race, you get so attached to the driver. So if you work for a team, so when I work for like Nismo, um, and I've normally I normally do work for like Nissan, um, you're so you end up just caring about the drivers. You, you care yeah. about everyone. Yeah. You, you know when like all the crew are asleep in the paddock, you're like, you go and you just make... And it's... You're part of it and you miss it when mm. you're not there. It's like going on holiday, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, kind with of. With someone. Yeah, yeah. With your mates. It's, it's, uh, this is the other thing as well. I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand or certainly wouldn't predict until you see it. It's such an emotive experience, isn't it? It brings out every form of emotion you can imagine mm. from excitement through to anguish through to stress through to upset through to yes. joy yes just from a load of cars driving around on yes. a bit of tarmac yes, it's yes, yes. bonkers really <laughs> but it is yeah it is the most amazing thing so yeah you started doing some presenting with Le Mans and mm. so you'd say so Le Mans is the, the pinnacle yeah how does it feel knowing that at well, the time that we're reading this reading this the time that we're <laughs> we're talking now uh, we are just a few days away mm. from this year's 2022's Le Mans 24-hour race. And yeah, have you got that kind of like, are you grieving it slightly? Like, I'm got, not there. Yeah, not in my stomach, actually. I do. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to go. Um, there's a race team, Jota, that yeah. do really well. I work with them quite a bit. So knowing that they're all out there and they're doing quite well. They're quite fast in practice and stuff at the moment. So he's hoping. Mm. Um yeah, I'm, I, I, I miss it. I really do. And kind of obviously now all the COVID restrictions, everything like yeah, that's all course, over. You're yeah. going to have such a buzz. And I do some esports as well and um, for motorsport games. And I know they're out there mm. and they're doing stuff. So it's, I do feel like everyone's there. So I'm just going to try <laughs> to keep myself. Obviously, I want to like listen in and watch it. But yeah. at the same time, it's bittersweet. I also want to kind of keep myself busy <laughs> so I don't think about what I'm missing. But it's just amazing. It, all of it is just, yeah, it's, and you, you sense the history when you're there mm. and everyone that is there. And it's like a festival as well. It is completely a festival. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think people realise that who haven't been. They're like, oh, I'm not going to watch a race for 24 hours. It's like, don't, don't worry. I don't think anyone does. No. Um, like the drivers don't even race around for 24 hours. <laughs> do not worry about that. Um, but it is like a festival. Although the first year we went, we camped. 
So we, oh, wow, myself yeah. and one of the presenters is actually a very good friend of mine. We had like a little caravan and that was quite an experience. Yeah, I can imagine. Camping. And the first few days, fine, because no one's there. Then maybe two days. So by the, I'd say probably by Thursday, it gets really busy. Mm. And so all of a sudden, there you are on the Thursday queuing up in your little town for a shower and you've got like big birdie blokes next to you that you're like, where have you come from? It was just me on my own a little while ago. So yeah, I camping. But again, it's, you have to kind of stay near sight, don't you, when you do something like that, the yeah. traffic and all of that. But yeah, I miss it. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Well, we are, you and I, hopefully, are going to be bringing an episode um, for the Driven Chat Podcast yes. to our dear listener soon featuring uh, a few quite big personalities from the race yeah so definitely. A post-race podcast yeah which would be good um you'll have to remind me who they are because i've completely forgotten uh andre lotterer and antonio felix da costa so antonio races for jota and um andre's a porsche driver they're both formula e as well um uh-huh, yeah. but yeah they're all they always do great i mean anyone that races for jota i'm always like yeah they'll be they'll be on the podium but they're great racers and you can only admire them. Like you go from something like, you know, Formula E, which is what, 45 laps. Mm. So yeah, about 43 minutes, whatever it is. And then you've got, then they go and do endurance racing. It's like, how do you get your head around that? And you know, electric Formula E, uh, you've got to conserve the energy and all of this completely different skill set. Mm. Um, and I think it's brilliant how they can just be that focus on that and then quickly change and go into the, you know, focus on endurance racing and, being part of a team. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> be a team player. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, we'll be interviewing them just to get... I love it when you do chat to drivers that I think probably a lot of them that do take part in Le Mans, mm. you see the passion and I think every single one of them obviously knows the, you know, the beauty of Le Mans and the pinnacle of motorsport that is Le Mans and you just see the excitement and hear the excitement and passion coming from them and it's like, oh, mm. there it is. Because sometimes you miss that when you do interview them drivers after a race normally you don't you know depending on how they've done even if they've won you don't really see that passion no um and you do get that when you interview them about them on and it's yeah it's it's really good to see it's it's good to see that passion still in a driver yeah yeah no, it's good yeah. and you're so right like especially soon after a race there's so much processing eternal processing mm. that the drivers are putting through that to then be pulled aside and be like right let's ask you 25 pre-planned questions about how you did in your race and they're like I, I just want to sleep so yeah. you, you don't get an awful lot out of them do you do you know what's quite bad so um the esports um presenting i do it's with um so we've got mercedes esports and max verstappen has an esports team and they were saying at the end of their last race they did um lando norris max verstappen literally just went after the interviews went back and went online and we're doing like Twitch and oh, really? all that stuff. And it's like, oh my God, you live and breathe that like <laughs> sim world. Yeah. Whereas the rest of us after like a Monaco race would be off living our best lives on yeah, a yacht yeah. somewhere and partying. But no, they just go back and it's all about, you know, it's a different e- generation, I think as well yeah. with all these esports and sim racing and Twitch and stuff. And, you know, yes, yeah, so they, they finished a race like that and went off and just carried on you know, sim racing, which is, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. I definitely <laughs> want to be in a pool, like, oh my God. just isolated from everyone. Oh my God, you have a champagne. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's, that's the dream. <laughs> so um, you have a vested interest in Formula One as well, mm-hmm. which I guess, and, and, and to fill in a big gap here as well, that I perhaps didn't or failed to explain <laughs> properly at the beginning of our podcast, 
is that um, the reason that you've come in to join us for our radio show with that adaption from talk radio to talk sport is because being on talk sport, we needed to bring a bit of a motorsport feel to our show as well as the other car bits and pieces. Um, so you're kind of like our motorsport correspondent for yeah. Driven Chat now, aren't you? Both yeah. the radio show here on the podcast and potentially some website stuff and whatever else we can squeeze out of you, actually, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's fine um, with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your, your favourite? What is your go-to? If you could watch one form of motorsport exclusively for the rest of your life, what would you choose? <gasps> for the rest of my rest life? Of your, okay, that's me. For, the, that's for the next 12 months. Do you know what? I guess it's automatic. You go, you say things like Formula One, but I love rally. Okay. Rally racing. So I've done some stuff. I did rally, I don't know, I think it was the couple of years, for like two years before lockdown. It's really weird. It's like lockdown is oh, like it's that. thrown everything. I have yeah. no idea what yeah. year I'm in. Was it 10 years ago? Was yeah. it yesterday? Yes. What decade are we? <laughs> um, and rally is amazing. Mm. And there's quite a few different rally series um, and like, is it nitro n-i-t-r-o nitro yeah nitro, nitro yeah yeah um that with all the jumps and mm. it's incredible so i might do something like that because it get it makes me think i would love to do that i would love i mean i really want to get a race license uh-huh. but i have been saying this for a while so i don't really know if i ever will now I've, I've put it out there so maybe i should but i yeah it's brilliant it's yeah. proper aggressive racing it's quick as mm. well um Yes, maybe rally there. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, that, funnily enough, was going to be my next question, which was if you could compete mm. in a series, out of all the series that you've been around, worked around, presented with, what do you think it would be? So would that be rally, do you think? Or would you think you'd rather have a go at something like Formula One? No, I think rally because... All, <laughs> I don't know if this is a very good thing I'm about to say. My <laughs> spatial awareness is horrendous. <laughs> and I'm not saying rally driver. Like, I'm not... But do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be okay if I tapped... A rally car, because that you know you mm. can push slightly, yeah. But obviously, couldn't do that in a Formula One no. going at full speed. And I guess in a lot of rally stages, <laughs> a lot of the time you're on your own anyway, aren't you? Setting a time yes. as opposed to like so wheel my spatial awareness, it, it's okay. I don't think many people would <laughs> realise that. So I think it's safer for everybody if <laughs> I stuck to something like rally. That's very considerate of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm all gif. It's not just because that's what you prefer to do. It's because it's safer for the masses. <laughs> it really Less is. people are going to get hurt. Oh, my God. And I love, like, I I think I'm very good and very controlled when, you know, the times I have been, like, in a race car, you know, when you do, like, a track day and stuff. Mm. I trust myself behind the wheel. Um, but still, going at great speeds, you've got to have the focus. I, I just, yeah. Do you know what? You're, you're probably listening thinking, I don't want you racing ever. <laughs> yeah. There was somebody that was just just starting to draft an email going, dear Rachel, I'll help you get your race <laughs> license. And they've just hit delete. <laughs> delete, 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 yet. delete. Yeah. No, I'm sure there will be somebody that, oh, maybe you are listening and thinking, oh yeah, we could probably sort something out. Podcast at drivenchat.com is the yeah. email address. If you'd like to uh, try and... <laughs> fulfill a dream of uh, good luck improving rachel downey's spatial awareness oh, um, miracle workers. which could be a good title episode for this um <laughs> so motorsport in we've covered to your kind of your entry to motorsport mm. and your surrounding of it do you have any other kind of big aspirations obviously we're hoping as well with the new motorsport show or motorsport derived show that we have now on talk sport that we're going to get involved and do some bits and pieces with racing around the world mm. in all different 
aspects. And this is the one thing that's really exciting me is because we've not said we are specifically dedicated to Formula One or we are specifically dedicated to Formula E. If it's motorsport related, we want to be involved. Mm. So what are the, uh, are there any that you perhaps haven't yet had exposure to that you're kind of like, oh, I'd quite like to see that up close and personal because I've got a brilliant one, but I'll let you go first. <gasps> oh, um, well, motorsport related. Yeah. Um... Like if somebody from a race series X phoned up and said, hey, would you like to come and experience this for the weekend? What would be the one that you'd be like, oh my God, I'm so glad. That's really good. Um, Because I've done some stuff with MXGP, so it's the bikes. Uh And that was incredible. And I think that's when I started thinking I'd love to look into rally like cars. Because it was very fast, very furious. Um, Probably then something bike related, which isn't normally me at all. But I think the the speeds and the fearlessness of them. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, but I don't know... The Isle of Man. Oh, yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with it just because it's incredibly dangerous. Mm. But I think I'd be curious just to see. So I've got my own opinion of it, but maybe that's quite an unfair opinion if I've never been. Okay. So maybe something like that. Which is, is your opinion by any chance that it should not exist? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a common one. I mean, a lot of people... It's too dangerous. I, like you, I've never seen it. Mm. I'd love to see it, mm. but I think at the same time... I had I would have more of a kind of stomach in my mouth yeah. feeling seeing it in person than I would seeing it on TV because every year something terrible happens. Yes. And three people have died so far. Yeah. In this in this current this year. Yeah. yeah. Which is awful. It's amazing, isn't it, to think that that happens. Mm. Any other like when somebody dies in F1, everything changes. Yeah. You know, there was that tragedy a few years ago. Um well, there's been a number of tra- tragedies in yeah. the past few years with uh, cars hitting stationary vehicles or manhole yeah, like covers. And and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, that sort of stuff happens and everyone goes, oh, well, we need to reassess this. Mm. We need to change this halo system, get, in- yeah. get installed on yeah. Formula One cars, for example. And then the TT comes along and it's like, ah, yeah, somebody's going to die. Maybe three or four people. But hey, you know, we'll, we'll crack on with it next year. Yeah, which uh, is mad. Like the fact that it's pretty much... I won't say guarantee that someone will, there'll be a fatality, but mm. it you kind of go into it knowing there's probably going to be a fatality or mm. a very serious crash yeah. by the time the two weeks is over. Mm. It's, and motorsport obviously is very dangerous. It has those risks, but like, surely we all have to take a kind of responsibility and look at a championship and, and we'll look at a race and think, is this, mm. it, should we be putting people out on this kind of, you know, in the these kind of situations, these circumstances, that they are risking their lives just mm. for the glory of saying they raced in the Isle of Man and potentially won the Isle of Man TTs, and also where the spectators and things. It's it's so dangerous. And it's it's yeah. such a difficult one, isn't it? Because again, I mean, I I certainly see it from both sides. I love the fact that it exists. Mm. I like that. Obviously, the riders give their they they know what they're getting involved with. Mm. They know the dangers, and mm. and that, if anything, kind of makes it more exciting because it's like, yeah, I know I could die, but this has been such a long-standing tradition, a long-standing race. It's so historic that it would be so sad to take it away. But yeah, I, I think it's 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 really it's such mm. a tough one because as as we are just mere observers of it, it's so easy to go. It should happen or it shouldn't happen. But clearly, there's some there's some magic to it that has yeah. to allow it to happen. But doesn't it make you feel weird knowing that we are watching something where potentially there probably will be more than one death and also yeah. I know a few I do know someone that was tragically killed in the Isle of Man mm. uh, probably about seven years ago Simon and like I know through him all uh, a lot of the races they have to get all their like 
information, but all their, I don't know what you call it, all your paperwork in order mm. before you go to the race. Of course, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's- Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes. That's great. Like it's, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel right anymore mm. that we're. I don't know. Like yeah, that it's going on. Or just try to make it safer somehow. Yeah, I think that that is the difficulty, isn't it? The fact that it's a street circuit ultimately. Mm. That yeah, your your obstacles obstacles on a motorsport designed racetrack tend to be a gravel trap, a tire wall, yeah. And for a lot of the say MotoGP or superbike racing. Uh, for those races, especially in certain areas, they will put in extra padding, like big mm. spongy padding, so that if a rider does come off, they slide across the gravel. Hopefully, all being well, they'll survive with nothing more than a couple of bruises and, and maybe some minor breaks. And they've got a nice soft wall to hit. On something like the Isle of Man, you've got houses and trees and <sighs> bushes and cliff edges and yes, all yeah, sorts of bollards, scary stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I guess um, only time will tell. But for as long as I can remember now, I've I've been listening to conversations with mm. people going it won't last another few years like this has to be the last year now and every year it's continued so yeah i think we've had yeah. i think it's now 262 or 263 deaths wow that's, it's just the tt yeah yeah it's mad and yet that's the one you want to go and see yeah can't wait <laughs> buzzing for it uh, what about you what race uh, my one i've become slightly uh, strangely obsessed and this as i say it will either make all the sense in the world to you and our dear listener or they may go what and it's called stadium super trucks i don't know if you've heard of this <gasps> i feel like i can picture it but oh my god i love that you've said that so stadium super trucks for anyone that is oh unsure god. is effectively highly modified american pickup trucks that have hugely, like, loads of travel on their suspension. It's effectively a birdcage-style racing car. So it's a, a roll cage with a, like, facade, um, maybe that's the wrong word, like a shell dropped over it. So imagine, like, a remote-control car where you put the plastic shell over the remote-control car and they go around these massive pickup trucks and uh, race on a street circuit and they also incorporate jumps on the circuit. So they're going around... It is just the most bizarre thing to watch. And it it came into my um, spotlight just through social media. Like a clip came up, it was shared on Facebook or something a good few years ago. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? How is this a real motorsport? But it is a real motorsport. So imagine NASCAR partnered with um, some, yes, NASCAR crossed with, Monster trucks, but smaller than monster trucks. They are like pickup truck sizes. Wow. I'll show you a video shortly. Yes. And, uh, I'm trying to think how they would 
jump, I guess. It's the most amazing. I'd love to see it in person. I don't think it's yet made an appearance here in the UK. It started in the US. They've done a load of activation in Australia as well. It's so typically um, yeah. southern states and Brilliant. Australian. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's just the best. I'd love to go and see that. So if, yeah, if we can incorporate a visit to TT, that's yep. next year. Okay, let's do it. And then some stadium super trucks for me. It's like yin and yang, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing. I'll be so up for that. Yeah. Would you ever want to race in it? Of course I you would. would. Oh of course my you would. God. Silly question. Like nothing more oh in the world oh, than so, would I love having so... you go in a stadium super truck. I don't think I've ever seen you this like animated about <laughs> anything. It's yeah. brilliant. Because uh, they all just constantly go sideways. Like there's just so much power. It's it's utterly ridiculous. It's stupid is what it is. And stupid that's is what good. makes it so yeah. brilliant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I'm with you. And of course, I think most of our regular listeners have now figured out that I'm essentially six years old yeah and uh, anything that would excite six-year-old john markar now excites 34-year-old john markar i can see that yeah i can actually see that with you yeah great (laughs) so cars 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 so we do talk about cars on our radio show quite a lot we go through some car news and uh, stories and things and Let's let's delve into your car world a little mm. bit. And it doesn't matter if it's not been all exclusive. We're not expecting you to say, yeah, I uh, bought my first Bugatti at the age of 27. Um, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a car now? Yes, we do. I say we, my other half and I. <laughs> um, we as in you and I. Yeah. Sure, that's we what share, that we share a car. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you and your lovely husband share a car. Yeah, um, we have a Range Rover. And I love it. I love the idea of being up high. So I should get okay. one of the trucks. Exactly. Another reason <laughs> stadium super trucks, yeah. Sorted. Yeah, I love, like, yeah, of just being up high. When I was younger, um, do you remember, I'm sure you do, I don't know, I've committed myself now, so I'm going to have to say it, but Sweet Valley High Twins, they had, like, um, a four by four. You look at me like, I have no idea. No I was a girl idea. growing up, John, so that's probably why I remember it. Um, and I used to love the fact, like, a four by four, like a, a, like a Jeep. Oh, and right, okay. I love all that. Like the Mercedes, like Jeep, I love. Like there's so many, I just the love. The Mercedes Jeep. Yeah. There's a lot of people shaking their heads right now. I know. Jeep is a car. Oh yes, I know. Mercedes but is a car. So but I love like yeah. just, yeah, I think just that feeling of being high. What does that say about me? Uh, it says something, doesn't it? I don't know. But it's a common feeling. I mean, obviously SUVs are the most, like they've, no, they've never been as popular now as they ever have been before. And I think mm. there's that. I think it's perception of a lot of things, isn't it? It's safety. And yeah. I always moan about SUVs constantly until I drive them. Because then I'm like, oh, you can see over all the other cars. Yeah. You can see. And there's something about that reassurance of knowing why you're in traffic. When you're in a very low car and you're stuck behind a van, you haven't got a clue you know what? what's so happening true. in front of that van. Yeah, yeah. But in a bigger car, it, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do get it. What are your thoughts on the new Range Rover? Would you be tempted? Yes. It's quite posh, isn't it's it? It's so nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, it's quite spenny, isn't it? So, obviously, oh, yeah. this is our make-believe world. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, this is good. I love that, then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I mean, I would, I'd love to have... I mean, again, I'm sure we all would. A big car collection. So, you go oh, down yeah. to your garage, and there's, like, yeah, a whole... A car for Monday, Tuesday. I'm going over the top now. No, I, I like this. Let's go with this. I'm <laughs> oh, no. stealing this a little bit from <laughs> Sam Moores, who was my last podcast guest. Um, so a five, yeah, let's go five car garage, unlimited money. And hmm. yeah, what would you go for? So let's categorize it as, so we need something for the day to day. I like, which yeah. Which could be a Range Rover, I guess. A nice little run around. <laughs> <laughs> nice little long wheelbase Range Rover with all the options. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's have our day to day car as a Range Rover. Yeah. Um, 
It's hard because this is going to sound controversial. Mm-hmm. Easy for me to say. Um, I'm not a big car girl. I okay. like got into, like I said, like uh, my reason for like motorsport was just the sensations you get when you go to a race. Mm. But I loved an Aston Martin. Okay. I do love an Aston Martin. Um, so that's your kind of sporty supercar, weekend car, perhaps. Okay, my weekend car, yeah. Um, I love... I'm trying to think of all the cars like I've seen. <laughs> um... I mean, we don't have to have five. We can have three. That's right. I, I do love a supercar. So, like you mentioned, like a Bugatti, or like I do. Again, don't we all love a supercar? Um, I think that was my first introduction as well. The first time at the moment when you see these insane mm. supercars, like you would never see anywhere else. Like yeah. you, you can just see the beauty of one mm. Jaguar. Okay. I do like a Jag. Um, Where do you stand on classic cars? Are you a fan, or are you more of a modern car kind of? I want to say I'm a fan of classic, but I'd say modern. Yeah. I would, really, like, but I think that sums me up. Like, I do love all that <laughs> fake, like, newness. Like, mm. I, I actually quite like Dubai for the whole okay. new man made. <laughs> I don't have a soul. <laughs> That's what that means. Um, oh. As fake as they come. Yeah, no, I do love, I love all the new stuff. But I think it's because, as well, like, growing up, we had at like not to get the violins out but we had no money whatsoever yeah. so we would have a proper like not even second hand car like probably like third hand car mm. if that's even possible fourth hand and it would always be the loud boom and I think I think the first ever car we ever had was like maybe a little mini that mm. it was just we never ever had so for me I, I think that's why I like new yeah. I like the new cars I like like yeah just anything fresh and new and hasn't been owned before by anyone else so, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've you, never had a new car. Really? Yeah, never. But is that is that because it loses its value as soon as it leaves um, the showroom? More because I can't afford it. I understand. <laughs> but, but yeah, right. no, yeah, I, there is an element of that. Um, mm. Yeah, the vast majority of cars, obviously, if you buy them, they are going to depreciate straight away. Yeah. Um, some don't, and you, some people do really well, and you can own a car for a year or two and actually earn money by selling it, which is... Uh, which is great, but obviously that requires a certain element or a certain level of wealth before you get to that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I get, I do get that appeal. There is something yeah. quite nice knowing that you're the only, you're the only person that's driven it. You yeah. know how the car's been treated. You know how the car's been looked after. You're a classic car man. Oh, massively. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate everything. It's, but yeah, there are certain. I, I'm obsessed with particular eras of classic cars, and then oh. I kind of phase out through other eras. So. Um, yeah, pre-war, which is, sounds bizarre, but yeah, yeah. Pre- 1920s and 30s cars, I love. Really? Yeah, absolutely love them. Uh, and then What oh, got you into just, that? Is it just... Uh, for me, that was my world of um, running events with classic car driving tours and things. So we'd yeah. have these convoys of old Bentleys and Bugattis and um, oh, you name it. It was just the most incredible cars. And there's just something about looking at a vintage Bentley or a vintage Rolls-Royce mm. that was designed in the 1920s, that was built in the 1930s, and that was used and ran in the 1930s, and still to this day, it's still going, it still works, and it's still just as powerful and just as impressive. It's like this, I don't know, it's like a time capsule that somehow survived everything else, whereas modern cars, you know, they're built and they're great and they're very efficient and great at what they do, but chances are in 20 or 30 yeah. years, a lot of them will be rendered useless or... Parts will become so expensive to replace that they'll just go off to a scrapyard and it'll be cheaper to buy a new car. Whereas these old ones have just, I don't know, this, they, everything was built with so much more care and compassion and quality. 
The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. So do you think with classic cars, because I know we've spoken about this before, but I've got a few friends that do, like drivers that Mm. have a classic car collection. Mm. Do you think they will lose their value when everything goes EV? Or do you think people are still going to want a classic car? But why if you can't really use it? Or is it not about that? Is do you have a, do people collect classic cars just for the money? Is it, is it, Some people like, why do. do they... Some people do. It's like collecting anything else, really. If you've got the means to do it, yeah, people will. It's a bit like wine or art or you know, people that collect appreciating bottles of wine but will never drink it is one of the most confusing things for me. But that's oh, you've lost me there. Yeah, yeah totally. People do, you know, yeah, and or mad. people that buy amazing art collections but haven't got the space to put them on the wall it does it does happen yeah. you know people buy cars and they have neither the time or the space to store them where they are so they'll just keep them in a collection or a museum somewhere mm-hmm. and hardly ever see them and to me that does make me quite sad because of course i think cars are designed to be a car so therefore should be used as a car um but yeah i think you get you get both sides of it so there are people that collect without driving and a lot of people that collect whilst do drive but in answer to your question i, I don't think i think anything that's been an appreciating classic up to now will continue being an appreciating oh, classic okay. yeah you know petrol and diesel aren't going away yeah the, true. The, yeah the nature of buying a new car with solely a petrol or a diesel engine that's coming for for us here in the uk that's 2013 for the rest of the world, they're slightly different time periods. Uh, but it is eventually going to get to a point where you can't walk into a car showroom anymore and buy purely a fossil fuel powered internal combustion engine car. Um, and if anything, I think that makes the classics even more special. A bit like you know, the, the common uh, comparison is horses. Everyone, you know, think to here we are sat in beautiful London. If you think back to, you know, 150 years ago, everything was horse drawn, everything mm. from trolley buses in London through to deliveries through to people just needing to get from one town to the next everyone would use a horse and uh, one of the big concerns back then was that the roads were completely covered in horse mess and there were people employed to do nothing but clear up horse mess and there were even calculations that were done this is my geeky side coming out there were even calculations done in the early 1900s and the late 1800s where they said if we keep increasing the population of London in this way and keep using horses in this way we're going to be up to our knees in horse mess by 1940 or something like that the, the, the calculations were all done so something needed to change and that change at the time was the motor car somebody invented the motor car that was that that came along ironically the first cars were evs uh, but then somebody discovered oh. you can make an awful lot of money out of oil so they became petrol powered and um, and that was that really but then the horses never went away because everyone said well hang on a minute what's going to happen to horses they'll all they'll go extinct because there'll be no need for them but they were used as recreational pleasure you know people still have horses they ride yeah. horses they use horses for various bits of work and that will be the same with cars i believe i think these certainly these the older much much older classic cars will always be loved and appreciated and again it's a bit like what we were saying about anyone that's not experienced a uh, like a 24-hour race or a night race or an endurance race i challenge anyone to kind of get up close and personal with a classic car and have a drive of one and then not go, oh, yeah, I can see why that's quite special. Even if it means you're not going to rush out and try and save up all your money and buy one, yeah. it'll make you go, oh, that's, I appreciate. Um, yeah. that's kind of a cool thing. It's a bit like old watches and you know anything that's kind of, once you break down the mechanics of it and how and why it works, why does it do what it does so well, you then sort of go, ah, yeah, I get it. So we need to get John a classic car, basically, to get oh. you happy. Yeah, my You're happiness like, depends on a 1927 right, Bentley. Yeah. yeah, okay, I got yeah. you. And I do love how you mentioned there about, you know, you know when younger some people collect this and mm. like that. 
um, I think I collected stamps, so I need to have a word with my mum and dad. I didn't realise you were so cool. I'm the coolest person you will ever meet. <laughs> That's fact. Have, have you still got your collection? I'm sure they've got them somewhere. There's books <laughs> in them. There is, is books of these really? stamps. But that's not worth anything. Why couldn't my parents have been like, look, Rach, here's a classic car. We're go- I mean, they don't have money. <laughs> I'm just going over it the fact that we be, could because do- stamps are slightly cheaper than cars. <laughs> yeah. But you never know. You might, you might have to dig out that book because... What if there is one in there that's worth like hundred grand? Really? It might be. I have no knowledge or authority on stamps, but I, I, I mean, there has be. to be a reason behind that madness. <laughs> like there has to be. If you are a listener and you are <laughs> particularly knowledgeable when it comes to uh, classic stamps, uh, podcast at drivenchat.com. Thanks. Uh, subject line: I can help Rachel with her stamp collection. Um, <laughs> iconic. <laughs> I, uh, iconic stamp collection. You never know. You never know what might crop up. Thanks, John. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> uh, and if, you, if there is anything, you know, worth many millions, um, I think of it as an introductory fee. You can treat me to a 1927 Blower Bentley. I mean, that's a good Easy. bargain. Good deal. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, but... <laughs> <laughs> you'd be keeping that money. You'd be off. You'd oh, be like, I would. I would look back. <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. I've decided it's not for me. I'm off. <laughs> See ya. Toodaloo. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a postcard. So, um, I mean, wow, 46 minutes we've been rambling on already, isn't it? That's quite impressive. And this afternoon, we actually have a radio show to record, don't we? We Which is exciting. So, we'll be trundling our way along the uh, underground system to get to Talksport Towers in Mm -hmm. the UK, which is quite cool. Yeah. Reunited with Andy and Amber and Johnny, our producers, and do some cool stuff. Yeah. I'm going to have a quick look at my questions to see if there was any... Oh, I don't think we, we didn't nail the kind of dream car garage, but we got, we, oh, yeah. we had a, a Range Rover, an Aston Martin. Did you pick a supercar or a hypercar? I think I said a Bugatti. A Bugatti, of course. Um, a casual four million quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw like, in. But this is it. Like This is my make-believe play world. So True. that's like money doesn't exist in my make-believe play world. God. Is there a car or a make of car that even if I said, I'll give you one, you'd say, nah, no thanks? I mean... I feel bad saying it. Oh, there is. There is one, is there? Oh, God. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Really? Oh, I'll be judged. No, I'm not okay. going <laughs> to... Whisper it. I can't because I've got really, like... I'm very toothsome, so if I whisper it, you'll be able to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But it's only because back at school, if, yeah, anyone, if the... anyone had one, like, you'd have the mickey taken out of you. And we didn't. Which I'm surprised we didn't. Oh, we couldn't probably buy one because we couldn't afford it. But yeah. What is it? A Skoda. Okay. But that's the thing. Skodas from yesteryear. Yeah. They were crap. Like, and you couldn't have a Skoda. You'd have, you, people would take the mickey out of you. Yeah, completely. Okay, I can good. remember. I'm going to have to Google this <laughs> It's not now. just my school friends. Because, and the reason, that I can, the reason I'm happy to talk about this and, okay. and slander Skoda, Skoda from uh, yesteryear <sighs> is because now they are brilliant because, of course, they're now just Volkswagen products mm. with a different badge. Um, but I will never forget. So I, I, I think I went to school a few years after you did. Not a lot of time after you mm. did, I don't think. But a few years after. Yeah. And even then... It was, there were a lot of Skoda running jokes. And if your parents did drop you off at school in a Skoda, it was kind of like, oh my God, Lawrence has been dropped off in a Skoda. Um, Do you remember the Skoda jokes that used to go around? I'll see if I can get some up now. Oh my God, do, yeah, I have, because they would have been used in my, so this, in my school. And again, I need to (laughs) remind, I need to remind myself and others uh, that a lot of our listeners are from outside the UK. Okay. So therefore they might not know our American contingent uh, might not know what a Skoda is because I don't think 
even to this day, you still get Skodas out there. But it was a Eastern Bloc, um, slightly communist brand uh, that made some very affordable runaround cars mm. that didn't have the greatest reputation for reliability, quality, anything, really. Yeah. But then yeah. one day, Volkswagen were like, hey, we'll buy you. And suddenly... Every Skoda was a Volkswagen Golf, so they now work. Yeah, joke number one. How do you double the price of a Skoda? I don't know. You fill up the tank. <gasps> that was that was one. Back when it was cheap to go to a petrol station. <laughs> Why do Skodas have heated rear, sc- heated rear windscreens? I don't know. Uh, to keep your hands warm whilst you're pushing it. <gasps> oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, my God, that's brilliant. Um, oh, wow. What do you call a Skoda driver who says he has a speeding ticket? A liar? Yes! <laughs> that oh, one there I remember. Are, there are so many. Yeah, how do you overtake a Skoda? You run. Oh my God, that's um, brilliant. Oh, have, oh my God, my child is, co- is coming back to me now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there, are, there are many of them. How do you make a Skoda more sporty? You wear Adidas trainers whilst driving it. <laughs> That's so brilliant. yeah, no, I get I get that, yeah. and a lot of people will relate to it. But yes, nowadays the modern world times have changed. It's all changed and, and moved on. Got to get over um, it. Much like the largest estate version of the Skoda they make, they are superb. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks, John. So yeah, hello Skoda. By the way, if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We love you. Uh, yeah, maybe we need to get you in a Skoda so you can see how far they've come. <gasps> yes. And we'll take you back to your school, your primary school, and we'll make a nice emotional video. Oh, my God, yeah, it'll be traumatic. It'll be a roller coaster. It Let's will. do it. I think we should do it. We'll throw in some loads of, like, really <laughs> overdramatic slow music and oh some God. headshots of you being like, it was just such a sad time of my life. I'd be so up for that. Yeah. yeah. And then there you are in a Skoda Superb. And, and I'm a happy like, girl. Look at this. Yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Um Ultimate dream car, do you have one? Again, money, no object. Let's say uh, the the directors of TalkSport decide, hey, you guys deserve a million pounds a year That's in salary, nice. yeah. uh, which is approximately a million pounds a year more than we get paid now yeah. to do our show. <laughs> um, what, um, uh, what do you think would be the first or the, the first showroom you'd be walking towards? Do you know what? I don't know. Um, I guess, do you know what? When you were saying that straight away, I was thinking of some kind of 4 by 4 I okay. do love them. I love them. But it'd probably have to be a supercar, wouldn't it? Because when else am I going to get offered a million pounds a year? Mm. I've got to take full advantage of it. Or what about a Fusion, like the Lamborghini Urus, which is the big 4 by 4 version of the Lamborghini? Or the Bentley Bentayga? Or Wait. the Rolls-Royce Cullinan, which is that, some would say, ghastly oh. big SUV. I mean, if it's ghastly, I'll probably love it. <laughs> I think I think you would love a Cullinan, actually. I mean, it sounds like me. Let me Google. Yes. This is what the audience love. Something they love it quite when crass. I start Google searching. <laughs> so, yeah, if we're fulfilling the uh, desire of uh, crass, um, yes. obscene. Yes, um, hi. I've got to get my thesaurus out here whilst I... Opulent. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Nothing subtle about this at all. No. It's, no. I'd say, the least subtle car you could <gasps> ever drive. I'm actually getting quite excited. Uh, so I'm just bringing it up. You're, I'm sure you'll recognise it when I show you a picture of this. And so, dear listener, uh, bear with me whilst I now show in audio form a photo of a Rolls-Royce Cullinan to Rachel. Yes. Right, there we go. See? The answer is yes. yes. Uh, they're huge. Oh, they're ridiculously overpriced. Oh. <laughs> so you, you like that? I do. I'd like it a bit higher. Oh, for God's sake! I don't. I don't ask for much in life. 
Right, Rolls Royce. If you're listening, we need a Rolls Royce Cullinan, but Who even higher. Uh, yeah. Well, that tells us everything we need to know That's about it. your tasting cars, doesn't it? Uh, right, there we go. So we're getting a Rolls Royce Cullinan, and they are um, they're very reasonably reasonably priced uh, more than most people's houses. Uh, oh, okay. So there you go. Bargain. Bargain. Lovely. Exactly. I'll take one. Get you a good PCP deal on one of those. <laughs> um, right. Well, um, unless you've got any other questions for me, I guess we should probably wrap up and skedaddle on down to London Bridge. Yeah, Talksport Towers. Talksport Towers. I've enjoyed that. Oh well, it's been nice to uh, nice to kind of bring you in finally. Uh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, as we've we've been talking about you a lot. Uh, but this is the first time that our podcast listeners, if they, if you are just exclusively a podcast listener and not a radio show listener, i.e. if you live outside mm. the UK, um, then then that's it. You, if By the way, if you do live outside the UK and you want to hear our radio show, you can. And the way you can do that is by downloading... I say this with such confidence. I don't actually know if this is true. I assume... I'm hoping you can say this. I, so I was assume, like, please don't pass this to me. I, yeah. <laughs> I'll sing. Tell them, Rachel. How can they... Do, yeah. Oh, you're tap dancing. Um... <laughs> I Yes, you can download the TalkSport mobile app, which is an app here in the UK. Uh, that will give you the TalkSport and TalkSport 2 radio shows that are running live. Uh, you can also find the schedule part of the app. And then in the schedule, you can go back to the previous seven days and click catch up. So you'll be able to hear our show. So our show primarily goes out on a Friday morning at 9 a.m., which is quite a cool time. And the show then gets rerun throughout the week because, of course, it's a sports channel primarily. It fits in around sporting events and things that happen. So we get replayed throughout the week. So, yeah, Saturdays and Sundays we're replayed. And then I think a couple of times in the week we get replayed. But the first show, if you want to hear it as live, uh, the 9 a.m. UK time, on TalkSport 2, you will hear our lovely voices accompanied by Andy J. And if you've been listening to our radio show and podcast since day one, then you'll be well aware of, of Andy. And and just to kind of clear up again, because I still get questions about it, Amy is still with us. She's just not with us for the radio show because she's so damn busy being <laughs> a successful photographer and E-Type restoration company specialist. But fear not, dear listener, if you're missing the sound of Amy's voice, she is coming back for some episodes in the very near future because she's lined up some great motorsporty and motor or motorcycling guests, I should say. So Amy and I will be diving into some conversations there. Um, but yeah, I guess what I will say to you, dear listener, is if you have got any additional questions for Rachel, then the next ah. time that we get together, we can ask those questions. You can email yeah. us at podcast at drivenchat.com. Or if you head to our website, drivenchat.com, you will also see there we have the contact page where you can fill in a little form. And that, um, I still haven't really figured out why I've done this, but that goes straight to my mobile phone. So uh, if you want to send us a message and know that it will go to my phone and I'll read it, then you can do it there. Uh, likewise with the email accounts, actually. Likewise with the social media messages. Everything goes to my phone. I don't know why I do it to myself, Rachel. I don't know why you do it to yourself. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is great when you just sat on a nice Friday <laughs> evening trying to enjoy a nice drink with some bing, friends bing, and your phone's going... Bing, bing. Doo, 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 doo. But it happens. I put myself through this turmoil and I'm happy with it. It's a hard life for John. It is, at times. <laughs> it's at times. Um, Yes, uh, that just leaves me to say, I guess... Uh, did, sorry, did you have any additional questions or are you happy? I'm, I'm very a- happy. Any other business? Any, any other business? <laughs> You're all good. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> well, that leaves me to say thank you, dear listener, for joining us for this week's episode. Apologies again for that little delay in uh, bringing you an episode last week. But um, as I say, things get busy. But then, likewise, the episode that I did with Sam pri- prior to this one was so long that you might have needed two weeks to digest it. 
it was long. It was two was hours it? and eight minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, record-breaking. That is. Um, and in fact, it was quite funny because we get, obviously our podcasts go up on YouTube as well, just in the audio format. And so occasionally you get people commenting on the podcast there. And I had one comment saying, this is absolutely ridiculous, way too long. And yeah. then the next comment was, this wasn't long enough, I want to hear more. Aww, Just goes to show you can't please everyone. You can't. you can't please everyone. If you are pleased, though, and if you are enjoying our content, um, the only thing we ask, we don't ask for money via Patreon, we don't ask you to go and buy mugs and stickers and T-shirts, um, we don't ask for any form of financial contribution to anything that we do. Um, we, we bring you this out of the, the joy of our hearts and because we get paid by other people to do it. Um, but if you would like to show your gratitude for the podcast, then uh, the one thing that does do wonderful things for us is the simple act of leaving a nice review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you have the opportunity to leave a nice review. If you're able to do that for us, it does wonderful things. It helps our algorithm. It helps this big machine that none of us really understand and never will understand. Uh, but yeah, if you are feeling particularly generous and you have the time, the means and the availability to do it, that would be very kind. Um, also, I'll remind you of our YouTube channel as well because that is there with some lovely content. We've got loads of new videos you might not yet have seen, including the new BMW M240i xDrive, which I had for a week, which was incredible. Uh, the new Audi RS3, which is ridiculously expensive, but still brilliant. And various other things from Goodwood. Plus, we have lots of filming activities coming up, including a 50 years of BMW M celebration video, which we'll be filming next week. Uh, so that will be coming out very soon, as well as lots of other content. And we will also be attending the Goodwood Festival of Speed at the end of June. Uh, we will be there with our lovely friends at Bonhams. So we'll be recording some radio show content, some podcast content, and generally hanging out, doing cool things in the Bonhams marquee, in and around the Bonhams marquee, as well as filtering around at Goodwood. So if you see us there, uh, do come and say hi, because there's nothing better than when people walk over and go, oh, hello, you don't know me, but I love your podcast. As a very nice man did at Cafe de Machine on Friday last week. Aww. I was sat with my friends. Um, I'm so sorry, I didn't get your name, but I know he drove down from Derby to come and spend the evening at Cafe de Machine, and he listened to the podcast and came over and said hello, and we had a quick chat, and that was lovely. It's the loveliest thing in the world. So if you do see us milling around at Goodwood or any other event, uh, come say hey and, uh, and, and say nice things, because it's nice. <laughs> Um, guy rattle on don't I that's good though yeah well some would say otherwise thank you very much for listening uh, thank you Rachel cheers let's go and record a radio me. show yeah I enjoyed let's it go and do our actual job oh yeah, yeah. work time work time that was yeah. fun time oh, I've got to go to school yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> yes thank you for listening and uh, we shall speak to you again with a new episode next week the Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital you dream it we bring it to life find out more at drivenchat.com 
you've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.